Good morning. If you are a guest, welcome. We are glad that you're here. Uh, I can say this on behalf of the elders and the rest of the congregation. You are our honored guests. And we hope that you have seen that we do want to uh, worship in spirit and truth. Because that is what it's about, ain't it? It's about coming and worshiping, as uh, Mike prayed, the true and living God. Isaiah 42, 5 says, Thus says God the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out. Think about it. The heavens and stretched them out. Who spread forth the earth and that which comes from it. Who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk on it. This is the God that we've come to worship. The creator of everything. The one who stretched the heavens. The one who made things, grass grow, leaves bloom, fall off and come back. Cold air, warm air, snow, the beach. Y'all want to be at the beach. He made that. The beach. That's the one we get to worship. That's the one who loves you so much. You personally. So much. And wants to have a personal relationship with you. You know, he cares about little old me and little old you and little old Portland because he wants to. That's awesome to me. That, that makes me feel so good to know that this big old God loves a little old me. And He loves a little old you. Huh? If that don't make you smile, if that don't want to make you say amen, I don't know what else. Let me give you something else. He sent His Son to die for you. He sent His Son to die for you knowing that you weren't going to make the right decisions, knowing that you weren't going to go the right way, knowing that you weren't going to do the right thing. And He said, you know what? I'm going to make a way that you can be my kid and you can be with me for eternity. For eternity. If you would, turn with me to... Sorry, I had to just do that. You know, I'm just so happy to be here. I'm just so happy to look at y'all. Y'all make me smile. Y'all make me happy to know that people want to look and, and talk and sing and, and pray and, 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 and have their minds set on something that is awesome and powerful and glorious and will change your life. Jesus and what He's done for us. Uh, turn with me to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, and we'll be reading from verses 25 through 34. You know, God shows us how much He loves us, but it begs the question, do we show Him how much we love Him? And this is a story as we're continuing talking about the miracles of Jesus, which studying these, 
I mean, they have just blessed my life. And if you want to be blessed, read about Jesus and these, these uh, miracles that He performed and, and try to find these applications that you can make to your life. I don't have time to go through all of them, but I did pick this one because I feel like this will be beneficial to our lives this morning. And we can make a, a great application of uh, how to live our lives better for Him. Have you ever heard of the saying, actions speak louder than words? I remember being told that as a kid. Now I'm going to tell you to do this, and I'm going to leave you alone. But we're going to see if you're going to do it or not, right? You know that, kids? You all know that? Isaac, he's just now learning it. Just kidding. There's a story about, man, y'all didn't even laugh at that one. <laughs> I need to work on that. Told you I'm not a comedian. That's Sammy's deal. There's a story about a man named Levi Coffin. And he was involved in the American anti-slavery movement in the 1820s. He lived in Newport, Indiana and had a workshop there. His home soon became the central point of the pathway from slavery to freedom. Coffin would take huge risks because sometimes he would have 17 to 20 slaves at one time in his house. And uh, he was so involved in it that there was three routes of escape and they all ran into his workshop. And it was known as the Grand Central Terminal. That's where you came and you caught your breath and then you made your plan to go uh, to Canada or wherever they would go. Because of what he was doing, people started catching on and they understood what he was doing. And because of that, he received, as you would think, death threats. Uh, People wanted to, we're going to burn your house down. You're not going to be able to do this anymore. And he was driven, he said, by his Christian convictions. He said, the Bible in bidding us to feed the hungry and clothe the naked said nothing about color. Levi Coffin believed that an injustice was happening and his actions showed it which led many slaves to becoming free. And we all understand what actions are, yeah? They're the result of believing in something. What you believe in is what you're going to do, right? So this is true in our biblical faith also. And really, throughout, from Genesis all the way to Revelation, that is the underlining factor of faith. You believe and you act. Hebrews chapter 11, uh, take time and read it. It talks specifically about example after example of somebody understanding what to do and doing it because they wanted to. James 2.14 says, What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith 
but does not have works, can faith save him? Actions are what define our belief. I want to encourage us to really think this morning about our actions. I want us to really think about who our faith is in and how people know it. Let's read Mark chapter 5, verse 25 through 34. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. But when she heard about Jesus, man, that's a beautiful name, ain't it? Jesus. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you? And you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Listen to the words of the Lord. Daughter, your faith has made you well. In the context of this story, Jesus uh, was approached by uh, a ruler of the synagogue named Jairus. This guy, Jairus, falls at the feet of Jesus and he's saying, Come to my house, my daughter's about to die. I need you to come and touch her. Will you please come and touch her? And so he does, and he's walking through this crowd, and that word thronged, some of you may have heard. In verse 24 it says, So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. The throng means uh, pressed on all sides. There was a bunch of people that were pushed up against Jesus, squishing him. They were just all around him as he was walking. So as he's walking to this place with all these people around him, here comes a woman. She has a blood flow problem. Something is wrong with her. She can't get it fixed. She went to the doctors and the doctors made it worse. They couldn't figure out what it was that was wrong with her. And look at verse 27. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. 
Verse 28 says, For she said, If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Jesus finds the one who touched him. And what does she do? She falls down. Put yourself in her predicament. Here you are, you have this problem, whatever this bleeding problem is, and immediately it's healed. It's gone. And, And Jesus turns around and He says, Who touched me? I'm... I'll just be honest, I might have not said nothing. <laughs> Knowing me being a human and, and not being that uh, great in all that I do sometimes, I may have been healed and then turned around and hurried up and left. But she didn't. But she was struggling with it. Look at verse 32. And he looked around to see her who had done this thing, but the woman fearing and trembling... Knowing what had happened to her, she her came and fell down before him and told him the truth. And Jesus says to her, what? Daughter, your faith has made you well. What a powerful story. What a simple but powerful story. She knew who could heal her. Amen? Do we know who can heal us? Her belief and her action was confirmed to be her faith. And Jesus Himself confirms it. Her faith had healed her. But belief alone? We see the results of this woman's belief is what? She acted upon it. So how do we make this application to our lives? I want to look at two parts of our lives. Brethren, we need to understand that we show our belief through our actions in obedience to the gospel. Think about it. We understand that you hear the word, right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But we know that that doesn't save us. We know that when we hear the Word and we hear what Jesus did for us, He came, He died, He was resurrected, and we believe that, does that save us? Well, no, because there's more to that. What else do we have to do? We have to repent of our sins and say, you know what, I'm going to turn from my old ways and live a new way. I'm going to confess before men that I believe Jesus is the Son of the living God and I'm going to be baptized for what? For the remission of my sins. So my sins can be forgiven. And then I have to understand that now that I am a child of God, I'm held to a different standard and I must live faithful 
to death. So we believe and we act and the result of that act is we're saved. So because of our belief, our actions save us. And we also show our belief through, and this is where I want to hang this morning, just real briefly, through our actions uh, in our Christian walk. Okay, you've obeyed the gospel. Okay, you've become a Christian. You are a child of God. Now, does that stop? Is that all that you have to do? James 2.26 says, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So not only does your actions uh, help you to be saved, but your actions throughout the rest of your Christian walk affect if you're saved or not. If we believe, let me ask you a couple questions, okay? If we believe that Christianity is right, okay? And if we believe that what we are doing is right, then we should be showing it by our actions, right? Think about your life, brothers and sisters. If you really believe what you believe, can people see it? If what you believe is true, if what you believe is that Jesus died for us and and He really did do these things and He gave us the Bible to follow, are we doing it? Turn with me to Colossians 2. Colossians 2 is a verse that I, verses 6 through 7. I love these, verse, these verses right here. Colossians 2, 6 and 7. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. So, Christian, if we think about what we really believe, and we really understand what it is, are we walking as a Christian? How do we do it? We know the answer by using God's Word. How do you be rooted and built up in Him and established in your faith? Your actions show it. 
When you study the Bible and you study what it says and you study what it tells you to do, then you show it. You think about the woman. You think about when she knew who Jesus was and what he really did, what did she do? She, was, she had a problem. She was unclean. In the times of the Jews, she was an unclean woman and really couldn't be around people. But she knew who could help her. And by that, Jesus says, your faith has made you well because she believed and she acted on it. And it's easy to say that we're Christians. But doing it is another thing. Right? It's easy to say I'm a Christian, but if I'm not doing anything, how am I showing that I am a Christian? How can people see Christianity? Well, number one, our actions need to come from the heart. It's a heart thing from the very beginning. If your heart's not right, nothing else matters. And look at what the Bible says. Jeremiah 17.10 says, I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. God knows your heart. How is your heart? Is it, I believe, but I don't know if I really believe. Because your actions are going to show it. If you don't really believe, if you're not really convinced, then your actions aren't going to show it. Why am I beating on this so hard? Because we change people. What we do, how we act, the way that we uh, uh, take care of problems, the way that we deal with issues, people watch that. And if it's not about Jesus, and it's not about Christianity, how do they know? Another thing, our actions, they need to show what He's instructed us to do. Think about it. And I use this one all the time, but this is a simple, anybody can use this. Colossians 3.17, it says, And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Whatever you do in word, whatever you do in deed, you do it all in what? The name of the Lord. You're training yourself in everything that you do, in every single situation, you train yourself to say, I'm doing this for the Lord. Because I believe who He is. And I believe in Christianity. And I believe like Danny was talking about downstairs. I believe in saving souls. People are that important to me. Number three. I got five reasons. I should have said that earlier, but... Now you know. Number three, our actions need to be actions and not excuses. I'll raise my hand on that. I fall guilty of that. 
Listen to what this proverb says, 2412. It's a great proverb. If you say, surely we did not know this, does not he who weighs the heart consider it? He who keeps your soul, does he not know it? And will he not render to each man according to his deeds? He knows your heart. He knows if you playing around, if you're, even if you come to something. He knows where your heart's at. He knows your intent. Can you be excited about being a Christian? Can you be excited to realize that you really are that important? That what you do is really important. By not being here, you know how it affects people. By not doing the things that you need to do at work when nobody's you think's really watching, it affects people. Number four, our actions. I love this one. Should show people Jesus. Is how you're living a shining light or is it dark? Because if you're not shining your light, nothing's coming out. Yeah, he's a good guy. I know plenty of good guys. But I want to be a good guy that uh, changes somebody's life. I want to be the good guy that's uh, beneficial for the kingdom. You know, Ephesians 2.10, Hey, brethren, for we are His workmanship. We're workers in the Lord's army, huh? We're His workmanship. I'm so thankful that I'm a part of God's family and I get to be a worker. And I'm His workmanship, personally. Created in Christ Jesus for what? For good works. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And brethren, number five... We will be rewarded for our actions. If you're here this morning and you had to think about your life and you had to think about if Jesus Christ were to come back right now, would you know for sure no doubting that you would go to heaven. Could you say that? Could you say for sure with confidence, knowing that, because he's coming back. It may not be right now. It may not be in five minutes. But he's coming back. And here's what he said in Revelation 22, 12. And behold, I'm coming quickly. And my reward is with me. To give to everyone according to his work. Why do I work? Why do I do these things? Why do I set the example? Because I want to go to heaven. And guess what? I want to take as many people with me as I can. Huh. To stand in front of the Lord and Him to say, Well done, my faithful servant. You've been a part of Ten people's lives. 
Well done, my faithful servant. You've been a part of one person's life. And they said, you know what? I want to obey the gospel. I want to become a Christian. And I thank, I thank Matt for being a part of my life. I thank Logan for setting an example at football practice. There was something different about him. I wanted to be around a person like that that wasn't uh, using foul language and wasn't listening to what everybody else was talking about, about all the girls and how many girlfriends they got and how many times they would kiss them. Brothers and sisters, are we convinced of what we believe? Are we convinced that the gospel is still the gospel and it's still the power to save? Huh? And we have that treasure. We hold that treasure in us. And we have the ability. You know, Paul and the apostles had the ability to heal people. We have the same ability to heal somebody. Through the gospel. But it comes through our actions. So I leave you with this. Do actions really speak louder than words? If you're here this morning and you got a lot of belief, but not a lot of actions... And you need prayers, you can come forward. We'll pray with you. We'll be excited to pray with you. That's what it's about. It's encouraging each other. But if you are here today, and I asked earlier, and you know for sure, if you know for sure, or even if you doubt just a little bit, that if Jesus Christ came back right now, that you wouldn't go to heaven, let me tell you something. You can Know for sure. Jesus came and died for you. He loved you so much that He gave His life on the cross to be the ultimate sacrifice so you didn't have to bring a bull and a goat to pass it over. One time, once and for all, taking on all of our sin for us. And you can be saved. You can repent and turn from your sins. You can confess in front of men that you believe that Jesus is the Son of the living God. And like I said earlier, you can be baptized for the remission of your sins, the forgiveness of your sins, according to Acts 2.38. And you begin a journey as you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is that promise of heaven one day if you live faithful until death. If you need to obey the gospel, if you need to start putting your actions into play, come right now as together we stand and sing.